Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yet another reason to hate flies. A mysterious man appears in Germany and nobody knows what to do. And then we take a look at a recent bizarre crime wave where people are blaming their misdeeds on the zombies today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Coming up to the weekend, I hope you guys have an awesome, fun, and safe weekend. We're going to go ahead and get started here. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so let's board the Carpenter Copter. Get on. Go, go, go. You're like, dude, I just started the podcast. Why are you rushing me? I'm pushing you at this point. Get up. Push you into the Carpenter Copter. Kind of roll around. On the Carpenter Copter already is our newest Patreon supporter, Alora Alora. So thank you so much for supporting the show, Alora. It really means a lot. If you can't support the Patreon, just go ahead and get the word out about the show. That helps a lot as well. So we're taking off. Sounds like a rocket ship, but it's not. We're the Carpenter Copter. I just got my sound effects mixed mixed up for a second, and the word mixed and missed. We're flying around, right? And you're like, Jason, would you please stop drinking turmeric before recording the podcast? Never. I will not. And for new listeners of the show, I've discovered that turmeric, I don't, I, it's a combination of a normal thing that turmeric does to people where it makes them feel good. And then my, my mild allergic reaction to it makes it feel like I'm drinking a whiskey. I feel like Alf, remember when Alf used to eat cat food? You're like, no, Jason, I'm not 45 years old. I don't remember Alf. Alf used to eat cat food and it would make him intoxicated. Wait, no, or was that the prawns from... Uh, you're like, Jason, you really can't drink turmeric doing this show. You already can't remember half this stuff. What was the movie with the prawns? District 9. I've realized probably half this podcast is people yelling at it going, the answer is $2.1 million. Like, when I can't come up with an answer, I'm sure you guys are super frustrated. Let's get started with the episode. Now, this episode, this next story is gross, just to let you know. So... If you're eating noodles or Top Ramen or broth with a single noodle in it or anything noodly, if you're singing the song Yankee Doodle Dandy, wait, does that have a noodle? (laughs) It's a Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony. It's like a feather in his head. Called it macaroni. I guess macaroni's a noodle. So anyways, did you know macaroni was a term for like a fashionable person? And basically it was the, there was a British song making fun of Americans, like, oh, look, it, I'm going to put this feather in my cap and say how fashionable I am. And the Americans loved the song so much, they took it. That's hilarious, dude. Don't insult an American. We'll just take it and turn it into a top 40 song. So, where was... Oh, yes, eyes. So, wait, <laughs> you didn't know I was going to talk about eyes. Okay. Uh, anyways, anyways, I'm going to talk about eyeballs. So, eyeballs and noodles. So, if you don't like either of those, or if you love both of those so much... You don't want them ruined for you. You're like, no, don't ruin my eyes. Uh, Skip ahead. So anyways, the year is 2018. It's March. And there's this woman. Now, these people are 
unnamed because these are all medical journal stuff. So again, you know, this is going to be gross. But since we have a new Patreon subscriber, Alora, we're going to have Alora as this 68-year-old woman. She's running through Carmel Valley, California, the most delicious part of California. It's kind of sticky, though. So she's running through Carmel, California. Carmel Valley, California, sorry. And she's just running. I mean, now, to be fair, I don't run at 43. The fact that she's 68 and running, kudos, kudos. I couldn't run from a pack of Jaguars at this point. I mean, I could probably bench her, but I definitely couldn't outrun her. Anyway, 68-year-old woman is running, and she turns a corner, and she gets hit in the face with a bunch of flies. Now, it's not like someone had had flies was hiding there and threw them at her. It was just a giant swarm of flies flying in one direction. She's running in another one. She turns a corner. They hit her in the face so violently, she says that she's spitting them out of her mouth. So it's not like three or four flies. It's like... Remember in, like, Bugs Bunny cartoons where, like, the the bugs would make a hammer and, like, mallet down Daffy Duck or whatever? Like that. It's that many flies. It was so dense. They were hitting her eyeballs and going into her mouth. She's all, spitting them out. And then we're moving ahead a month. So now we're in April 2018. And and this woman, she's like, oh, Laura. (laughs) Laura's going, oh, my eyeball. Oh, my eye, my right eyeball hurts so bad. It's super irritated. Okay, so now you guys know where this is going. She starts flushing her eye out. She starts putting water in it. And she pulls out, as she's flushing it out, she pulls out a half-inch-long worm. Ugh, that's so disgusting. And then she's, she's... I, at that point, I would immediately just go to the hospital. I'd go to the ER. I wouldn't run because we've established I can't do that. I would just walk to the hospital picking up heavy stuff as I'm going, get in there and be like, uh, I found a worm in my eye. She, though, looks in the mirror and realizes there's a second worm in her eye. So she peels that one off, tosses it down. I don't think she's throwing away. I think she's probably saving them for the doctor. Next day, she goes to the doctor. Third worm. In her eye, ugh, just squirreling around in there. These things are called the lasia gulosa. The lasia gulosa. And what happens is they're normally found in cow eyeballs. Or maybe cows in general, but definitely cow eyeballs. Because these there are these type of flies. They're called face flies. Didn't know these existed. People, we don't need Cthulhu to come here. Cthulhu already exists. If we have a thing called face flies... And they, quote, consume eye secretions, i.e. eat your tears. That is a, that is a demonic level insect. These, these face flies try to land on your eyeballs. They drink your tears and then they lay eggs and they get into your eyeball. Now, very, very common among cows. And here's the thing. At this point, people are going, this might actually be... A bad sign that we have a disease or we have this thing that's jumping species from cows to humans. And you go, well, bad luck, right? Well, this is the second time it's happened in two years. So the first time it happened in 2016, there was a woman in Oregon who got it. So that sucks because I live up here. And now this woman, the first woman, she found three worms. Eventually a doctor found a fourth worm. The woman in Oregon, she had 15 worms. In her eyeballs. Same thing. Just flies kind of landed on her eyes. I think she... What was she doing? She was horseback riding. She got a bunch of flies on her. So when 
this happened back in 2016, and it happened to this one woman. She had 15 worms in her eyes. There was this quote. This is almost certainly just an unfortunate random event. Because it's going to happen once in a million years, or maybe once in a a million minutes. I don't know. I don't know how random or rare it is. But when it happened in 2016, the medical community goes, oh, that sucks. I mean, it was bound to happen at some point. The fact that it's happened again just two years later makes people think, or the medical community think, this isn't a random, rare... If it was a statistical anomaly to happen the first time, the fact that it's happened twice in two years means that this may be an emerging zootronic disease, or zootonic disease. What's the actual word here? Yeah, zoo, zoo, sorry, neither of those. Zoonotic. Zoonotic disease. So, watch your eyeballs, guys. I hate flies. Flies are the worst, man. They're landing on stuff. What are they good for, anyways? I've become a, a fly... I'm a racist against flies. I hate them. I remember once I took a BB gun. Nah, never mind. I'm not going to tell that story. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. You're like, Jason, just tell the story. Never. So we're going to go ahead and move on to... Let's hop back in the carpenter copter. I was wearing goggles the whole time, too. After her telling you that story, you're like... Your eyes are all swelling up. You're like, why didn't you tell me to bring goggles? I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm that kind of podcast host. I like to see my listeners suffer. Let's hop back in the carpenter copter. There's a little eye wash station in the back. You're washing your eyes. I'm all... <laughs> I put hot pepper in the eye wash station. You're all... ah. But your eyes burn now, but it did kill off all the worms. So see, I did it. I did it out of love. I cost you that pain because I wanted to get the worms out of your eyes. We're now flying to Germany. And we're going back in time to the year 1851. Now, we're going to a place called Frankfurt an der Oder. Frankfurt an der Oder. So we're just going to call it Frankfurt for short. And we land there. Whole town's made of hot dogs. You guys saw that joke coming a mile away. Don't even complain or groan about that one. Helicopter lands on a giant bun. Okay, you didn't see that joke coming. The helicopter lands on a giant bun. We get out. Pit forks and spoon, spoons. Forks and knives. Wait, who eats hot dogs with forks and knives? Never mind. We're walking around hot dog town. And it's 1851. And there is a dude standing in the middle of town. And everyone's like, whoa, huh? What's up with this guy, huh? Apparently, they're all extras from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in this town. Whoa, dude. Who is he? We're walking through the crowd, and there's this guy just standing there in the middle of the crowd. And we're like, hmm. So we walk up to him, and we're like pushing these villagers out of the way. Or get out of the way. Americans on the move. Go, go, go. Although half my audience isn't from America, you're technically U.S. citizens when you listen to this show, whether you like it or not. So we're pushing pushing all these Germans out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Hey, what's your name? And he turns to us and he goes, I'm Jofer, Jofer Warren. And we're like, that's weird. Do you not know how to pronounce your own name? And he goes, well, I'm assuming the person telling the story doesn't know how to pronounce my own name. I'm going to say it slowly this time. Jofar Voren. My name is Jofar Voren. We're like, okay, that's better. Thank you for pronouncing your name correctly. So what happened was one day everyone in this village town is hanging out. And this dude, Jofar, shows up. Mispronounced it again already. <laughs> Joe, call him Joe. Joe shows up into town. And everyone's like, whoa, that's weird. What is this guy doing here? And he speaks a little bit of German, just a little bit, probably more than I do. I can say Guten Tag and um, 
Yeah, definitely he can speak more German than I can. He said, he comes into town and he's like, hey guys, I need to sit down. I've been on a long journey. <sighs> kind of sits down and they're like, what's going on? And he's like, well, listen, I'm trying to find my brother. Do you, uh, do you guys happen to know where my brother is? And they're like, well, who's your brother? And he's like, oh yeah, I guess I should have told you that part first. Starts describing his brother and everyone's like, nah, I never, I don't know who you're talking about. And he's like, listen, man, I, you, I'm all the way from Laxaria and I, I got to come out here and I'm trying to find my brother. We, we came across the ocean. Like, I know he's here, but I can't find him. This is 1851. This isn't caveman days. I mean, people have been around the world and stuff like that. Aqua's number one hit around the world is, is just bumping all over in raves in Germany here in 1851. People know geography and people are like, what? What's Laxaria? Never heard of that place. He's like, Laxaria. It's like one of the biggest, it's like one of the most powerful countries. It's right across the ocean. Germans are like, are you talking about America? And he's like, what? No, Laxaria. Laxaria. You know, it's the country. Is there somebody that I can talk to? Now, so again, broken German. So they're having a hard time talking to each other. And the villagers are like, never heard of any place called Laxaria. But it could be a translation error. They go, this is what they're able to gather. This is what they're able to gather. And so when they asked him why he was here, he said that he actually was searching for his brother. He was on... A trip to find his brother, but the boat that he was on shipwrecked, and he basically washed up on shore and started walking through Germany. When people start talking to him, he's able to explain a couple things. German is not his native language, obviously. His native languages are Lacarian and Abram. People are like, That's, those aren't real languages. And, and, and he's like, yes, yes, they are. He also says that he worships a religion called Ipspation. Ipspation. And when he when asked to describe what Ipstation is, basically was Christianity. So people in town are like, what is good? It has to be a language issue. There has to be a language issue here. It must be trying to say Christian. He's saying this other word. Doesn't make sense. But they eventually get the elders of the town involved. And the elders in town sit and talk to him for a while. And they come up and they go, this guy's legit. Like, he's not getting these words mixed up. He actually worships something called Ispation. And he speaks these weird languages, and he says he's from this country, Laxaria. He's from, it's not a translation error. He's actually from Laxaria. Eventually, though, this story reaches not just the elders of town, but the learned people in Berlin, the power structure. And they go, we need, we need to talk to this guy. At the very least, we're going to laugh at him because his German sucks. At the very most, maybe there's a mystery to unravel. He goes to Berlin, and he's never heard from again. He's lost to history. Now, that is a real story that was published long, long time ago. It's not an urban legend. It's not like the Man of Torred, which is a very famous version of the same type of story. A man magically appears in our reality, saying he's from somewhere else. There's no We can trace that story back to about the 70s, which technically is when the story is supposed to take place, but we can trace it back to one paragraph in a book about missing people. There's no documentation before that book was published. I've... The, I didn't. If you're interested, I did an episode on the Man of Torrid. I think it's like episode 30 or something like that. Long time ago. But this is the same type of thing. Unlike the Man of Torrid, we actually have a news article printed in the year 1851 involving this story. About a man named Joe Farvoren who showed up in Germany and had a hard time speaking language. All the details and more are in this news article. It ends with this. 
The sages of Frankfort on the Oder, after much examination of the tale and its bearer, have come to the conclusion that it is true. Some men believe things because they are incredible. However, Joe Farvorin has been carefully dispatched to Berlin and is now the subject of much scientific and curious gossip in the Prussian capital. What mystification hides under the story, time will probably show. Which is interesting because it didn't. We don't have any more information on what happened to this guy after he went to Berlin. So you go, whoa, there's actually a newspaper that printed a story about a guy who magically appeared and then got lost again to history. Here's the thing. Yes, that is true. It was published in a newspaper. Well, let me rephrase that. It was published in something called a newspaper. This may have been made up because apparently at the time there was a tax. There was there was a British stamp tax. And part of that tax was if you published fiction or a magazine, you had to pay a tax. But if you published a newspaper, you didn't have to pay the tax. So Edward Lloyd at this time started publishing stuff with fiction in it, but called it a newspaper. And then after a while, the British government, he started doing that like in 1840s. And then the British government got wise to it. And they're like, what? Cats don't talk. And why is H.G. Wells' time machine in the newspaper? And way before it was even published. How was it in here? His time machine, obviously. You can't, you have to stop doing that. And so Edward Lloyd was like, sorry, sorry, sorry for trying to rip off the British government. And then started publishing actual news in the newspaper. Is this story true? You know, the world is so vast and huge that it wouldn't shock me if every so out of 7 billion people, everyone just kind of pops in from another dimension or another. Because that's pretty much what this would be. This guy, his brother was lost. He's traveling across the ocean. Some sort of portal opens up. Some sort of wacky thing. Quantum suicide. Who knows? But when he crashes onto the shore, he ends up in our reality. Starts walking around. Now, I don't think he went to Berlin and they chopped him up and said, I wonder if on their planet they have two hearts. I, they probably weren't even thinking that. I, they probably would just think, well, this guy is from someplace else. They, they said he seemed to have a pretty good knowledge of geography, though, so it was almost like just the names changed of places. But one of the key components to the story of the Manitorid, and I'm not saying the story of Manitorid is fake, I'm just saying we don't have a lot of information on it. One of the key components of the story of the Manitorid is it's temporary. Is that when you flop to an alternate dimension, you're only there for a window of time before you're pulled back out. And then you end up in your home dimension. So he may have gone to Berlin and simply just vanished on that trip. He may have lived a long life. But I kind of hope that he did go back to his home dimension and found his brother. That way it would be a happy ending for him and his brother. And then an interesting story for us. Let's go ahead and move on to our next. You're like, Jason, that was was a weird ending. What? I like happy endings. Are you missing your brother? Have you guys seen the trailer for that movie, 1917? about it's world war one it looks dope about the guy i like movies like this but i like very simple movies this guy gets an order it says your brother and 1200 men are walking into a german ambush you have like two days to get there or they're all going to be massacred and it's about a guy and his buddy walking from one end of the war to the other one it's shot almost all handheld and it's supposedly supposed to be one it's not but it's supposed to seem like it's just one long over the shoulder camera shot like you're you're the third man in this party trailers look great and i really like that director was it it david mendez sean mendez is a singer but anyways 1917 it looks dope anyways that doesn't have to do with anything we're talking about let's go ahead and move on to our next story so we're going 
We're leaving behind Germany. We're going to an American interrogation room. So it's all like spooky and dark. I don't think the I've never been in an interrogation room. I know they're supposed to be super uncomfortable. Police interrogation room. This guy is in the interrogation room. And this cop, you're like, <laughs> okay, so police interrogation room. Cop is sitting there across the table from this dude. And they're like, so why'd you do it, William? Will- this dude's name is <laughs> William Barry. William Barry. Not Barry like, Rarry, like the Y at the end. It's Barry like something I'm going to eat. I've, I'm always infatuated by people's last names and what is a good last name and what is a bad last name. William Barry's not a bad last name, but it, it, it's going to be in prison. It's not a, not a hardcore name. William Barry was walking down the street the other day and he sees this woman. And she. Uh, we don't really know the whole exchange because this guy is, is kind of <laughs> nutty. So who knows what's going on. But anyways, he's standing there next to this woman. And the woman turns to him and says, I'm going to feed you to them. I'm going to feed you to the zombies. I'm going to feed you. And he pulls a knife out and starts stabbing her in the back. And she runs away to the zombie horde that she had been gathering for him. But that didn't happen. She didn't say any of that. Well, one part of that story happened. She didn't say any of that. And she didn't have a zombie horde waiting. But she did get stabbed in the back multiple times. And she did run away. That part's true. She ran away to a cop. And she goes, oh my god, oh my god, you won't believe what happened to me. And he's like, um, he's trying to guess. And she's like, no, 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 don't guess, don't guess. Rhetorical question. Stabbed multiple times in the back. And she turns around and he's like, oh my god, your shirt, it's ruined. And she's like, I know. Also, I'm bleeding. So he calls the ambulance. And arrest William Barry. He was trying to escape to Knott's Berry Farm in a giant hot air balloon. Snoopy's his getaway driver. So anyways, Snoopy's in the other interrogation room. He's like, just shaking his head. You can't get the visual joke. I'm shaking my head. But the joke is a guy in a giant suit can't talk. Or I guess the joke actually is that Snoopy doesn't talk. He's the perfect accomplice. He will never rat you out. Anyways, though. That joke would have been much better if you guys could have seen me shaking my head. The point being, William Barry is caught, and the cops ask him, why'd you stab that woman multiple times? Like, did you know her? And he's like, no, I didn't know her. And you won't believe she was being really mean to me, and she tried to feed me to the zombies. And the cops are like, what are you talking about? He's like, zombies. He was trying to feed me to the zombies. And the cops are like, okay, you're nuts. They lock him up. That's the end of that story, right? But... That happened in this year. That happened in October 26, 2019. Last year, June 26, 2018. Massive fire. We're going to El Granada, California. Raging fire. 900 hay bales burning in a field. Not a big loss. Cows go a little hungry. Do you use hay for anything other than cow food? Did you know that hippos are herbivores, but if there's no food around, they will eat other hippos? Or Okay. At least, let me back up here. They will at least eat other animals. I believe they will eat other hippos, because hippos are animals, and I was reading stuff about cannibals recently, cannibal animals. Hey, that rhymes. Has no one ever figured that out yet? Cannibal animals? How is that not a band? How is that not the name of every band ever? Cannibal animals. 
Anyways, hippos will at least eat. I would love to see a hippo try to eat another hippo. But if a hippo doesn't, if a hippo is a herbivore, but if it doesn't have any food, it will eat a fox. Or it'll eat like a lion cub or something. So it probably will also eat a bunch of marbles in the game Hungry Hungry Hippos. But, um, oh, fire, fire, flame. Um, hey, hey, cows eating hay. That's where we were going with this. Okay, that happened on June 26, 2018. July 3rd, 2018. <laughs> Huge fire. Again, same area. This time, 865 hay bales erupt in flame. Now, what's weird about this, other than a bunch of cows being like, oh, I'm so hungry, is them talking, <laughs> them t- being able to tell people they're hungry, but is that a woman was spotted at the scene of these fires, and uh, apparently she was, like, driving around. I mean, it wasn't in the middle of nowhere. It was, like, farmland, so, of course, like, people would drive around, but this woman was driving around. Very, very suspicious. People kept seeing this woman, and she was making... Odd statements, not statements like, oh, look at the fire, it burns, it burns away the evil, just weird people, that was, statements that were kind of making people a little suspicious. Firefighters were seeing her and everything like that, so eventually she does get tracked down, she gets arrested, Monica Louise Berlin, 39, she's 39 years old. She says, she, the cops arrest her and she's like, listen, officer, I know that you have a duty to arrest me, but I need you to know that we're on the same side. We." are both fighting for the sake of good. You get that, right? You and me were same sides of the opposite coin. He's like, I think you got that phrase backwards. She's like, yes, you're right. We're different sides of the same coin. You see, you fight with a badge and a gun. I fight with fire and hay. So what are you talking about? The zombies. See, I know that there's a cult operating in the area, a doomsday cult. And part of their plan was to use the hay bales. They were going to move them. They were going to get their zombie slaves to move the hay to block the roads. And so when doomsday came, the zombies would descend on the town of El Granada, the shining jewel of California. Everyone knows where this place is. And the zombies would come into town, and we would go to escape. The hay would be blocking the road, we'd be trapped, and it would be just one long smorgasbord. Smorgasbord, I meant to say. We would have been killed, but I saved us by burning all those hay bales. You're welcome, officer. You're welcome. Now, obviously, she gets charged with felony, arson, destruction of property, all sorts of stuff. I have two questions about that. One... Is there a cult in the area? Most likely not. But, you know, again, conspiracy theorists, there might be. Two. Those aren't real zombies. I guess that's not really a question, but real zombies don't push hay. Like, that, and I'm not going to end this with an argument. I'm not going to end this episode on an argument with what real zombies are. This is my concern with these type of stories. We got these two crazy people saying that zombies. And this is just stuff that's happened recently. There's always a weirdo story about a guy believing that zombies are attacking and he's taking pot shots out in the dark. Or the zombie apocalypse is coming and the family's running to go prep somewhere, whatever. This is my concern with this stuff. It's the boy who cried wolf. The other day I made an, a passing comment that, oh, you know, zombies are kind of passe at this point. But it is a possible threat. Not the living, The dead coming back to life, not so much. But any sort of infection... Any sort of disease that changes the way the brain works 
coupled with the fact that we got 7 billion people on the planet, coupled with the fact that diseases are crossing from cow eyeballs to human eyeballs, it's not irrational to think that at some point a disease may emerge that makes people act like zombies. Not necessarily be zombies, but act like zombies. And what happens is whenever one of these crazy people walks around and does something stupid and goes, this is zombies. People laugh. It's great because they tend to happen around Halloween because people are preoccupied with that stuff. Or at least it gets reported around then and Walking Dead ratings go up and all that stuff. But what happens is this is how the boy cries wolf. Someday a newspaper article will appear and it will be man believes that town is under influence of zombies shoots mayor. Now that's a bad... First off, that headline's backwards. It should be the mayor gets shot first, but... That's obviously, you'd be like, oh, that's horrible, that guy shot that mayor. But these stories start happening with more and more frequency. You have people talking about quote-unquote zombies. You have people talking about being eaten alive, this fear. Something happened in town. They got jumped by a couple homeless people, and one guy tried to take a bite out of them. And the article's like, zombie attack? Same thing we saw when that guy got his face eaten off in Florida. How it was really sensationalized, which to be fair, that is a sensationalized that is a sensational story. But I'm just afraid that if these encounters start happening in small pieces, we're not gonna realize it until the threat shows up. A man could have literally been standing on a street corner, totally minding his own business, and there's a woman waiting for the bus in front of him, and she's like, And then she turns to bite him. And then in self-defense, he stabs her to death. And then they just look at this guy standing over this 90-pound woman. And they're like, dude, why'd you pull a knife out and stab her multiple times? And she laid there and she died. And he's like, she was trying to bite me. I think she was a zombie. She had this look in her eyes. That guy's going to jail. And how many times will that happen in these little incidences where people are getting this contagion and attacking the person next to him and it doesn't spread right away? Or we don't know what the transmission vectors are. Or maybe it does spread, but both people die so quickly in the melee that it just kind of ends there. How many times are these little stories going... These two, these two guys were nuts. These two people were nuts. But how many times will these little stories pop up over the course of a time that are things that could have led us to realizing that, oh, this is actually a big threat. As zombies are knocking down your door, you're like, oh, I should have been paying closer attention to what was going on around me in the newspaper. If worms can hop from a cow's eyeball into a, a, into your eyeball, just from a fly hitting your face, the way diseases are being transmitted are, are just way too... It's way, if that's the case, it's way too easy to be having this spread between animal and human diseases. And we're looking at stuff like rabies coupled with really any other disease. It could be a bad period of time for humanity. 70,000 years ago, a volcano went off, and it so drastically changed the environment of the planet. Humanity was basically reduced to only a 1,000 people. And from that 1,000 people, we've regrouped to become the powerhouse that we are today. But we were extremely lucky. And we weren't fighting crazy versions of ourselves. It is possible that a disease will wipe us out. But I think the worst disease would be the one that turns us against each other. That makes humans crazy and bloodthirsty and self-destructive killing machines. And we won't know that's happening until it's too late. 
Because whenever these little articles pop up where someone's attacked or something suspicious happens or whatever, we're going to laugh those stories off just like we laughed these ones off until those bloody hands are clawing at our faces. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.